as this is an all-age worship, I thought we would have the person who's lived the most age to do our reading this morning. So Betty is going to read from Luke chapter 3 for us. I'm reading from the New King James Bible. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Atteria, and the Aresian of Traconitus, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene. While Annas and Caliphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, the rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Now, a very long time ago, God prepared for Jesus' arrival. Just as we have to prepare when we go to school, you have to check if you've got your PE kit for that day because it's PE or you've got everything you need, you've got your lunchbox. I teach in secondary school, half of them forget their lunchbox and we have to sort it out. We ha- Jesus, God prepared for Jesus' arrival. And Isaiah wrote a very long time ago that someone would come to prepare for Jesus' arrival. It wasn't a surprise. When I get to the sermon, it says it's actually 700 years that that God prepared. Now, does anybody know who God sent to prepare for the arrival of Jesus? I'm hoping that the children might know, but if they don't, I'll come to an adult. Does anybody know who, Jesus, who God sent to prepare for Jesus' arrival? Yeah, go for it. Oh, the, oh, sorry, I forgot you had to wait for the microphone. Well done. Jesus. Jesus did come. You're quite right. Do you know who came before him? Any ideas? If not, I'll tell you. No. Okay. He sent who we know as John the Baptist. The question is, what do we know about John the Baptist? Does anybody know anything about John the Baptist at all? Yes, go for it. Liz, you might have to stay there for a bit. We'll see how we go. What do we know about John the Baptist? He was Jesus' cousin. Perfect, and that's my first line. There you go. Well done. Excellent. Does anybody know anything else about John the Baptist? Yeah, go on. Oh, more. I shall come over here. It's easier. The thing is my problem. Thank you. Jesus was Christian. He was. He was Jewish and then Christian. You're quite right. John the Baptist baptizes those people that repented from their sins. Perfect. Exactly right, he did. Yep. What else do you know about John the Baptist? He was a preacher. 
He did do preaching. Do you know what he said? No. No, that's fine. I'll tell you. That's no problem at all. So, he was Jesus' cousin. Exactly right. He baptised lots of people, including Jesus. Now, he wore strange clothes. Do you know what he wore? It's very weird things he wore. Sackcloths and sandals. He probably did wear sandals. It's close to sackcloth. It'll be as itchy as sackcloth. It was made from camels. Now, Jane has brought a camel. She was very keen this morning because she's going to teach you a song later. So it was made from camel, hair of a camel, which I think would have been very itchy indeed. And he held it on with a leather belt around his weight. Now, he ate strange things as well. Does anybody know what he ate? I've got some. You could always have a go. Locusts. Locusts. Oh, I've got them. Hang on. Honestly, they are, well, they're not, they're crickets. They're the closest I could get. So we've got crickets. And what do you think the other thing he ate? Honey. He ate honey. Yes, I brought that. Now, anybody want to have a go? I've got teaspoons. Do you want to try a locust? I wouldn't myself, but I thought you could. Chocolate biscuit sounds better, but he ate. Look, that's honey. Yeah, but look. There they are. Look, they're insects. Oh, look. Yeah, they are cooked. They're roasted ones. Roasted ones. When you get in later in the service to be John the Baptist, you can always go around and eat some. Now, do you think anybody else would like to eat a locust? Anybody want to eat a locust this morning? You'd like a locust, would you, Andrew? I've got teaspoons. Because... Do you want to dip it in honey? I've got teaspoons because of COVID. They're the locusts. And there's some honey, if you want to dip it in honey. Do you want to just... Uh, yes. There's a TV programme a little bit like this, isn't there? <laughs> oh. There you go. So Andrew's the first one to be done. You probably won't taste it with that much on it. Does it taste of anything? That's not bad. Can I have another one? Yeah, feel free. <laughs> there you go. Shall I, have a, a spoon, shall I have a spoonful of locusts? I can have some honey as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, You're bonkers, awesome. but feel free. Yeah, it's quite nice, actually. Really? I didn't have much. Actually, go nice on my porridge in the morning. Come <laughs> on. Here you go. Mm. Okay, well, Ooh. there we are. It's all here for the, anybody else who wants a snack during the... Do come forward. Would you like some? Or do you want me mm. to bring it back to you? I'll bring it to you. Hang on. I need teaspoons. Right, have I got everything? Here we go. It's my version of feeding the 5,000. Here we go. Would you like to try? There's a teaspoon. There's some locusts. Oh, well, they're they're, um, crickets, actually. They're, um, yeah, I just have the honey. I think that's wise. You are going to try one? There we go. Good luck. You'll have to take your mask off. Well done. It's not bad, is it? Thank you, Liz. Anybody else before I move on? Really? Right, what I'm going to do then... Right, Andrew, you've set a trend now. 
There's a locust. I'm going to have to get some more spoon. Thank you. That's all there. There's some dipped in here if you want to try those. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, look, ready dipped. I think you just don't look at them. They're crispy, yeah, they're they're roasted ones. I don't know whether John the Baptist would have roasted them. Yeah, of course. Help yourself to a teaspoon. There we go, have a teaspoon. What is that? That is their their insects. So these are actually grasshoppers. They're the closest I could get, or crickets, I think. They're all right. So John the Baptist wasn't as mad as he sounds. There we are. There's a picture. That's what a real locust looks like. It's all eyes and antenna and things. It's all right. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time I'll warn you not to have breakfast. Right. Now, if we move on, um, Flicky, please. So, thank you. So, the question I asked a bit ago, what did John do? Next one, please, love. He told people that they had to get ready because Jesus was coming. They hadn't got everything quite right as they should have done. And I'm going to talk to the adults about all the things they're getting wrong and make them feel they have to do things about it. And he went round. Now, you are going to be John this morning. That's your job. Now, we have to think about what John looked like. What did he have on his face? Yeah? He had a beard, so you're going to have a beard. So, I thought we'd start, and this was Betty's idea, we'd start with a mask. But there's a problem with our masks. Do you think John the Baptist's beard was blue? No, No, it wouldn't have been, would it? What colour do you think his beard was? Brown. Brown. I think we've got brown. So, in the bag, we have... Some brown things. There's some wool. You can have a really long dangly beard if you like. There is brown things up there. You're quite right. Beams on the ceiling are brown, aren't they, some of them? Yeah. So you're going to make it brown. There's wool to make it long and dangly. There's felt to make it look beautifully brown. So firstly, you're going to make a beard so you look like John the Baptist. Secondly, he went round announcing things. And to announce things, you have to get people's attention. So you're going to make things to get God's attention, to get the people's attention to tell them. Now, I'm a teacher, so I have quite big rules about noise. There are times you can make your announcer make lots of noise, and and that's when people are singing and making things. But when people are quiet and praying, then your shaker has to be silent, okay? And then you can make these, you can decorate them, and Kathy's going to help you decorate them. So I'm going to leave you to become John the Baptist. If you wish to eat some more locusts and honey, I'll bring them over here as well. And then in a bit, while, I, while you make those, I'll talk to the adults and then we'll come back and you'll go round and I'll talk to you again about what he actually said. Okay, so there's the, do you want to take the, the beards and I'll get the rest of the stuff for you to make your beards. If you want to turn adults in your Bibles... To the page that I've got open on the thing, but I don't know what it is. But it's Luke 3, verses 1 to 6. And there is everything to make your announcing things. 
There we are. You can decorate those. There's the wool to make your beard all brown and long and dangly. And here is some felt to make it brown. And then there's the things for the shakers. So in about 10 minutes-ish, we'll come back to you and see how you look like with beards. Okay. So let's look at Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, which is actually in on page 1029. Yeah, thank you. 1029. And if we start at the beginning of that, we've got all the information to set it in an actual period of time. All those things were actually occurred, and they're verifiable in things outside of the Bible, other sources around the time. So we can say that John the Baptist was around AD 29, was when he started this. And God then in verse 2 says he's going to prepare. So he starts by preparing, as I said to the children, with John. But prior to that, this was not a, this was not a whim, if you like. God had prepared this 700 years before that with Isaiah. He'd planned it well in advance. And that's written in verses 4 to 6 of your passage there, is what he said. And it was all about preparing the way for Jesus. And the description in the Isaiah passage is what was normal to prepare the way for a king to arrive. It would make it easy to travel and then to arrive. So, straight past, you didn't want the king coming on wiggly roads, so they would often build new roads. They would get rid of the wiggly ones and make straight ones. They would fill in valleys so he didn't have to go down and up. They would get rid of hills and it would literally be a straight path so the king could get to the people as easily as he possibly could. And God is building that same road to us. And John's job was to do those things. He had to remove the obstacles. He had to help the people become clean and to consecrate themselves, ready for Jesus' arrival. Why? Because God can do amazing things, and he needed to be able to do them. Why did he prepare? Because we matter to him. He made the whole universe as a meeting place for us and God. He keeps moving... If you move on, Flicky... And again, and again, perfect. He keeps moving towards us in love. He wants that intimate relationship with him. And Simon Ponsonby has got a very good sermon on YouTube, if you want to listen to it, on this very passage called Turn to Jesus. And in that he says, God prepared for all eternity to be with you, to know you, to love you, to spend eternity with you. We matter to God. So John came, as it says in verse 3, to preach a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, repent is a word we're hearing a lot in church at the moment. And this sermon was due to be preached on the 5th of December, but then COVID got in the way and I had to stay at home. So some of this you have to imagine that we're in Advent 
because it was about repenting and preparing for Christmas. But it makes no difference that we still should be repenting because you cannot face both God and sin at the same time. So we have to repent and turn away from sin to God. For the Jews, it was a really important thing. It is the 12th most common word in the Old Testament. And as I'm a maths person, it's actually said 1,050 times in the Old Testament. It's important. But equally in Mark's Gospel, it's the first thing Jesus says is to repent. We are to be sorry. We are to say sorry. And then we are to turn away. We can't just say sorry and can then continue as we are. That is not repentance. And for some people, they, if I say sorry to God, it's all sorted. It's repentance, not an apology. It's a different thing. So as God moves towards us in love, are there obstacles for us that need removing, that block the way of the king getting to us? Sometimes we think of these as too big. I can't deal with that. But you have to remember how awesome God is. There's nothing he can't deal with. There's nothing he can't remove. So even if we can't deal with it, God can. And as we says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now John and Jesus were talking to Jews of the time and calling them to repent. Why? Because they were Jews. They were, going to the, they were doing all they thought was right. They were going to the temple and doing their sacrifices. They were living by the Jewish law to the best of their ability. Why did they then have to turn and repent? Because they hadn't got it right. They weren't in that intimate relationship with God. And is the same true for us? Do we think, we come to church on a Sunday, we read our Bibles, have we got it right? It worried me, it made me think. They thought they'd got it right and they hadn't. Is it true for me as well? And equally for all of us. And therefore we need to spend time with God, asking him the very, that very question, have we got it right? And if we haven't got it right, what do we need to do about it? Now, daily intimacy with God, I know there's one person in this church who does that in the bath. I thought that was a brilliant idea. I don't have time in the morning when I dash to work. But we all do our daily intimacy with God differently. And I wonder where you are when you're sitting having that chat with Jesus about what's been going on. Is he sitting on the toilet seat while you're in the bath and you're chatting away? For me, I think I'd be on a bench overlooking Coniston Water having a chat. You could be by the sea, you could be driving to work in a pub, having a beer and talking with Jesus. Wherever you are, the one thing to remember is he's not looking at you with condemnation when you're talking about these things. He looks at you with such love in his eyes. This is the God who built the universe so he could meet you. He is looking at you with such love that he wants to know you. And we talk through our day with him. Where did we get it right? And where did we get it wrong? 
There's somebody, and I can't remember who it was, who once said they want to keep the shortest account with God they can. So you could do it many times in a day. We do it on a Sunday morning. Could we do it more often so that when we come on a Sunday morning, we don't have to spend quite so long in ourselves remembering all the things we've done wrong in the week, but we can sort it daily with God. Now, there are two ways I'm going to suggest to you you could do this. One is Lectio 365, which I absolutely love. It's an app on your phone, um, which Peter might know about because it's his stepson as part of setting it up. Um, which lecture through, and it has morning prayer and evening prayer. And in the evening, part of it is talking the day through with God. And it starts with, the day is done, the night has come, the day will soon be over. And so in the quietness of this moment, I still my soul and spend this time with you. Reflecting on the day that has passed, Lord, Show me where you were at work in my life. In what ways did I experience your goodness? And when did I hear you speak? And then as it says there, you pause and pray. And then there are two different ways for the repentance one. One is this one. Father, would you shine a spotlight now in the shadows of my motivation and the darknesses of my deeds? Or it is, Father, would you remind me now of the ways in which I have sinned today, in thought, in word, in deed. I take a moment to confess my sins before you now. I think the important thing here is that we're asking God to show us. It's not us digging around, having a think and trying to find out what we might have done wrong. We're actually asking God to tell us things we might be unaware of. Or maybe the things we thought we got wrong, actually they were okay. What does God think we have done wrong to that day that we need to deal with with him? And then it says, God of grace, thank you that when I confess my sins, you are faithful and just, forgiving and purifying me from all unrighteousness. I receive your forgiveness now. And that one I try and do each evening. Although it can be challenging because it's so gentle and beautiful, you might go to sleep doing it. So some people I know do do it first thing in the morning when they're awake. Then there was a chap called Ignatius of Loyola. Now he was a 16th century um, Spanish Catholic priest and a theologian. And he wrote quite a lot of examines, which is a way to deal with your sin daily or as he suggests regularly throughout the day some are long some are short again you are sitting somewhere with God with Jesus looking at you with love in his eyes and as Flicky's put up there for you there's each of the first four lines recall that you are and have been in God's presence pray to God's spirit to help you see the whole day prayerfully review your day And give thanks for all the good things of the day and all the people you have encountered. What stands out? What is God saying to you? What are the shadows, the struggles today? If need be, say sorry for any lack of love of God or neighbour. And then close with a prayer of hope 
fruitfulness for the new day to follow with all its gifts and opportunities. Ask for the grace that you need for tomorrow. Both of these, Kevin always puts up my PowerPoints on the website, so if you want to find any of those, they'll be up there for you. But the point is this. We get things wrong, and we need to repent of them, and we need to ask God what they are. What have we got wrong so that we can put them right? And the result of that is we have cleared the obstacles out of our way so that we have a straight path for Jesus to come to us, just as John the Baptist was asking for them to repent so that he could come to them. Not only can Jesus come to us now, but Jesus come to us in the future when he returns. Will we be ready, having done our daily time with him? And now... I want to see how our John the Baptists are doing in the corner. Let's go and see how their beards are, shall we? And if they're ready to be John. I think they're still being creative. I actually could have spoken for longer. Oh, they're nearly there. There are some stunning beards I can see. Look at these beards. Aren't they awesome? I love the dangly bits underneath the beards. Just think, you're lucky you don't have to wear these all day. We have to wear them all day in work. Although, the, look, look at the dangly bits. You've sort of got a goatee. That's a brilliant beard. Oh, look at yours. Lovely. Now, that's a very good beard. Oh, his has got many more bits on. He's not so keen, I quite understand. There we go. Look, there are their beards. Can you see them? Now, we need to look at what you've got, because you're going to go around and be John the Baptist. And what we need to know is, what did he tell the people? So if we have the next slide, Flicky. What did John say? He told them to repent. So next one. Now, that's a bit small. I'll have to come closer. And this is how we repent. We feel sorry. We pray to Heavenly Father, tell him what happened and ask for his help to make a better choice next time. Because we all make wrong mistakes, make wrong things, don't we? I do it daily. It's most upsetting. We apologize and we try to make it better. And then we feel peace and know that we have been forgiven. So this is your moment to make a noise. When you finish making a noise, we'll come back and Jane's going to teach you a song about John the Baptist. But firstly, you can go around, make as much noise and tell everybody to repent. Flick is going to take the camera off so you're not visible. Yeah. Go on, let's make a noise and tell everyone we go. You can go the other way. Are you telling them, to, are you all ready to repent? There we are, look, there goes John the Baptist with his beard. <laughs> well done. Jane, it's over to you with a song. 
you can go where you like. You can take your mask off for that bit if you want. The words will come up here so you can all join in as well. Oh, do you want to? You can do it, mind. What do you want? Do you want mine? Thank you, Andrew. So this is all about John the Baptist, do you see? Morning. Right. It's harder when you stand up here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, the first line, brave John the Baptist wearing camel hair. And obviously I don't need to make you repeat it because it's all there for you. But I was, um, I've got something that's hair and a camel. That's as nearest I could get. Um, yeah, okay, do the first line with me. Brave John the Baptist wearing camel hair. That wasn't too difficult, was he? Same tune again. Lived in the wilderness, eating locusts there. Came to the people and announced to them, Repent, repent, God's kingdom's coming near. Repent, repent, God's kingdom's coming near. Now somehow, don't we need the, the kids to be marching and shaking? Oh, they should be making noise. We've got the, oh, they've got the blowers as well. They can Yay. make as much noise as possible. Yes, there's some kind of little bits that um, on, the, on the internet, they said some brave John the Baptist wearing camel hair, and they went, P.U., because they thought it might be a bit on the smelly side. I'm not sure if that's true. Lived in the wilderness, eating locusts there. Crunch, crunch. That helps you remember again came to the people and announced to them, repent, repent. So you're pretending like you've got a trumpet. You're going to reach as many people as you possibly can. But God's kingdom's coming near. Are we ready to sing and play our tunes and march around and stamp and get everyone's attention again? Since it's very easy if you Brave John the Baptist wearing camel hair Lived in the wilderness, eating locusts there. Came to the people and announced to them, Repent, repent, God's kingdom's coming near. Repent, repent, God's kingdom's coming near. Once again. Tis wearing camel hair. Lived in the wilderness, eating locusts there. Crunch, crunch. And announced people and announced to them, Repent, 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 God's kingdom's coming near. Repent, repent, God's kingdom's coming near. Well done, everybody.